Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Revival. I just loved um, Aaron's sensitivity tonight, leading the team. It was just spontaneous and powerful. But really, um, picking up on what the Holy Spirit's been speaking to my heart, before we had to socially distance, you will have remembered, I, I released an impartation that I'd received uh, from Michael Brown with regard to the Pensacola revival. And it, it was a powerful, um, tangible thing that God did. But I, I've really been encouraged this week to be um, reminding us all not to take that for granted, but to steward it, to, to breathe on it. I've just started lighting our fireplace. Um, I, I start as early as I possibly can because I love the fire. I love um, being able to sit with the family around the fireplace. But, and I'm getting not too bad at lighting a fire. Um, Tom might not quite agree. I, get, I have to use a fire lighter. But um, I set it all up and I get it going. But one thing I've found is if I don't actually stick around for um, the first 10 minutes or so, the thing can go out, even if it started off really well. I'm like, whoa, I have to keep adding to this. I have to keep tending it. And that's very much what revival looks like. That's very much what we need to be doing with what we've received through impartation, through what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's supernaturally, sovereignly breathing. Uh, you know, from the beginning of the year, I remember Emily and I watching while we were in um, South Korea and Japan, we were watching online as Beck and uh, Pastor James were just going for it and the presence of God was being poured out. And then we came back and it just went to another level. And then we're all having to socially isolate. I think that's the devil's plan, but God's gonna use it for good because you, God has begun something. And when God starts something, when God is moving, who can be against him? Not any situation, not any pandemic, not any rules. God began a good work and He will carry it through to completion. But we also have a part to play and that requires us to be stoking it, to be tending it, to be tending the, the fire in our own heart um, and to be really intentional and diligent to do that. But we also know that uh, revival looks like family too and we, we need to recognise that we're not individuals all separated out. Though we have our individual walk with the Lord, we also have this corporate body, this fellowship that God has given us and we need to tend that as well. And I must say, Glory City, you have done such a good job at doing that. I'm amazed every week with your giving, with your um, generosity in loving each other, praying for each other, prophesying, caring for each other. I'm so proud of you, family. And uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. We're also gonna do a... Um, knowing that a lot of people are, you know, really finding this whole worldwide upset quite distressing. There's, there's people who struggle with mental um, anxiety or depression. It doesn't, I'm not talking even about diagnosed um, mental conditions. I'm talking about just people in general are, uh, are often really experiencing stress and, and discouragement and depression. I know even I have good days and bad days, some days that are easier than other days. And, and some days I have to try 
harder to encourage myself in the Lord. And so we're going to do a mental health series. And I'm going to do that with a few uh, different ones. And this, that's going to start this Thursday morning at 10 o'clock. I'm going to do the first one with Jessica here. So if you'd like to tune in on that, we're going to talk all things mental health and how to stay sane and happy in the midst of all of this. So that's going to be good. And we have our Bible revival going on. We sure do. We sure do. As you were speaking about revival and just reflecting on how the year started and how it grew, and then that we did move into social distancing, I just saw this picture of, like you say, all these individual flames just simmering away, but being tended to, like you tend to your fire at home. And I just felt like there is a simmering happening right across the community that when we come back together, it's just going to be more explosive, more powerful what God's doing. And I just, I just want to um, celebrate that and just, and just um, call that out, that that's what God's doing at the moment. He's inviting us to individually stoke that fire in our hearts. And we'll see when we come back together the explosive revival culture that's sitting here in this space. And so praise God for that. And yes, we are continuing our Bible revival. We have a verse this week that's actually in line with one of the values we're going to be releasing tonight. Because we're going to start um, to really link every week's memory verse to these values that we'll be launching, which we're very, very excited about. This week, the new memory verse is John 4, verse 24. And it says, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And you'll see why that's such an important verse uh, for us tonight and for our, for our community and beyond. And such a, such a kingdom anchoring verse there. Uh, so that's this week's memory verse for the week. Now, I also want to just reflect on last week's memory verse. Who remembers who it is? I'm just going to look in the comments just for a moment. I want to see it coming through in the comments. I'll tell you what, I'm going to read it and I'm going to wait to see if the scripture reference comes up in our live stream comments. But it says this, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Let's see if there's any of those. Oh, Rob Turner, well done. Jude, verse 24 and 25. Matt Dubry, well done. Jude, verse 24 and 25. That was last week's memory verse. Gosh, well done. Everyone's remembering it. Praise God. So don't forget this week's verse. John 4, verse 24. And let's keep our Bible revival going. So good. And uh, please, I want to encourage you. I'm just looking. I've got the, the Catherine Renala page going. You've got the Glory City page. I think that's where most of our people are on and the Glory City Facebook page there. But um, if you're on the Catherine Renala page, I see there's people here asking for prayer. Uh, we're going to pr uh, we want to pray for Joji. Uh, needing healing. So if you also can be praying with us, but, 
But if you'd like to type a prayer for healing for these different ones, it's so powerful because they, they recognize someone's hearing, someone's standing with me. So Father, I thank you for healing in Jesus' name. Amen. One final uh, exciting thing. I so enjoyed the other week um, when Mark, you were sharing on the covenants and I thought it was so powerful that I said, I feel like there needs to be a part two of the teaching that you did on the covenants. I, I found it really, really helpful. So this Friday night, you're going to help us and take us a bit deeper, part two. Yes, and really looking forward to that. I want to take it into a really, really practical application. Uh, but we're going to reflect on those five covenants of the Bible and then really look at how do these impact our lives today as we live in the new covenant? What are some of the key ways that that sets us free, that that helps us in our relationship with God? So yes, next Friday, I'm looking forward to it. And Chris Turner is going to be joining to have words of knowledge and there's going to be healing, there's going to break open. It's going to be awesome. Awesome, awesome. I can actually see Chris is watching. Uh, Christine just said hi to him. We love you, Chris. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Be powerful. And I was so encouraged with the words of knowledge on Friday and the people that got healed. So uh, uh, tell your friends, share it, and let people know because God is healing. God is doing powerful things, and we're going to see him do more and more and more. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, today we are very excited. We've been working for quite a long time to develop... Um, language around our pillars, values, and virtues as a church, our core values. Uh, you know, we, are, um, we have our unique call here as Glory City Church and the Glory City Network. And um, we, we just felt the need to, to really start to articulate what they were, particularly as the network starts to grow and, um, and to help people understand why we do what we do. So I'm going to let you introduce us a little bit. Before. I would love to. I would love to. You know, um, core values really define our culture. And as Pastor Catherine said, you know, we're all one body. There's one body of Christ on the planet, but God does give assignments to local church families and to, and to networks and movements. And um, what I want to say, even off the bat here, is that I, I really believe, and, and the way that we've built these um, the last few months, and, and even, even tested this theory, we've asked people a few questions. Like, if you had to define what Glory City Church is, or what the Glory City Network is, in terms of culture, what would you say? And so often, people say the very things that we've come up with prayerfully the last few months. Because this isn't creating our culture, it's defining the culture that Pastor Catherine and Pastor Tom have been building for years and years and years. But as Leif Hetland says, he says, if you can articulate, if you can define what you do intuitively, then you can multiply it intentionally. And so that's a huge motivation. You know, we've spent the last couple of months meeting regularly, praying together, and what we believe is that Pastor Catherine is our apostolic leader of our network and of our local church here. She carries these, these values in her heart. She carries them as an assignment, not just an individual one, but for our whole community. 
And so as a staff, as a team, and, and for the church and the network, we've sought to draw these out, to put language to them, because we believe it's going to be a huge momentum boost for the revival culture assignment on our house and on our movement. And I do want to say, if you're not a part of Glory City Church, but you're tuning in tonight, this is for you as well, because these values that we're about to release are kingdom values. They're not limited uh, to our house here. They are very much an assignment on our house, and so they, they define our culture. They, they explain why we do what we do as a house here, but they are for you as well. And so if you're tuning in from a different country tonight, just grab these, position your hearts for these, because these are for every individual, because they're for the kingdom. And so tonight, I want to say that these values we're going to release have, have been building over the last few months, and we really believe these define the culture and assignment on the Glory City Church movement. So this is huge for us. We're so excited to release these. Some of the prophetic words over our house uh, the last couple of months have been really huge, and we believe this is a really key part in seeing us lock in to that direction. You know, just to give a, an example that's very interesting and very uh, appealing is many of you have probably heard of Chick-fil-A, I love Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A too, actually a it's lot. American. It is American. Sarah Cheeseman likes Chick-fil-A. Does she? So hello to all our American friends. Yeah. We love. Beautiful Christian company. Yeah, beautiful Christian company. We don't have them in Australia. God bless them as they make plans to bring Chick-fil-A <laughs> to Australia. Amen. But they have these values right now. Many of you know either from listening to Kanye West's song or because you know Chick-fil-A that they're not open on Sundays. I did some research when I was teaching our second year students at the academy recently about what Chick-fil-A's core values are. And then I did some research on how much money do they not make by not being open on Sundays. And do you know, it is over $1 billion per year that they don't make for not opening on Sundays. However, how do you know if that's success or failure for them? Well, it all comes back to what are their core values? Because core values are the signpost for are you doing what you're called to do? And I looked at their values, and one of them was, this is what they said, closing our business on Sunday is our way of honoring God and showing our loyalty to Him. And so it's actually a value. We honor God and we show Him our loyalty. And this is one of the ways we do that. And so it's actually what might look like they're doing something wrong to others, they are actually being obedient to what God's put on their lives to do. And so that, that's a core value, directing their success, directing their assignment. And that's just an example of how powerful these can be. And so we're moving in a certain direction as Glory City Church and the assignment that's been put on Pastor Catherine and Pastor Tom's lives as they lead us. And tonight, we're able to define them and actually create these signpost examples. And, and actually, what, why our church feels the way it does, because core values, they, they might be language as you look at them tonight, but they actually feel like something. So often people come in the building, they experience our worship culture, they see us pursuing the miraculous and, and, and preaching the message of intimacy and uh, righteousness and identity. And it all actually comes back to these values that have been sitting in, in Pastor Catherine's heart as our leader for years. But now releasing these and defining them, we can actually help make sense and help people understand why we do what we do 
And eventually we believe this is going to flow like, like an oil through our whole community and movement so that we actually feel like these values as a whole community, like our church people at a cafe or in their business place begin to reflect these because as a house, it's an assignment and there's a, there's a grace on our family to embody these values and carry this culture. And we believe that we're called to be a culture-changing culture. And these values are one of the key ways that we can do that, that we, we, we carry them in our hearts and it impacts the culture around us. So we're very excited. Yes. And as, as you... Get ready just to start to um, introduce these and, and read them through. As you're watching, we had, um, we had Katie and Nick's wedding yesterday, which was lovely, and people were taking photos of themselves watching yeah. online. We haven't seen your faces for so long. We don't know whether you've put on 10 kilos, whether you have facial hair. <laughs> we, we don't know, but we miss your faces and we don't care what you look like, whether you're in your pajamas or not. But it would be lovely if you want to take a photograph of yourself watching uh, online as we go through our core values and post it in the comments. That would be delightful. Gosh, that would be delightful. It'd be great to see your faces <laughs> right. as we do this. Go, awesome. And do comment about these as we release them. Oh, we know there's been a lot of excitement. We've seen uh, quite a few of the leaders commenting here because um, you guys have, have been looking and working through these too. So without further ado, here we go. We are going to show one picture here with our pillars, our values, and our virtues on them right now. So that's going to come up on your screen. These are the glory, city, pillars, values, and virtues. You'll see these around a lot because, again, these are the things that we've been doing intuitively in our culture, but now we're really leaning in to defining them well so we can multiply them intentionally. And here they are. Now, the pillars are our foundations. They're the, they're the things that motivate everything we do, and that's intimacy identity, and increase. So these three things, everything we do will come back to those three pillars in some way. In some way, everything we do is a demonstration of those three things. Now, our, our nine values all are a part of those three pillars. So you'll see that we have three values for each of those pillars. And these are sort of the thing that defines our culture, so our values define our culture. And we're going to go through each one of these individually. Uh, Esther's also done an incredible job putting these together um, in design for us. And they're all on our website right now. So straight after the service, you can jump on the website and look through these and have a pray about them and share them around. They look amazing. Um, they're all up there live, ready to look at. And then we have these things called virtues. Now, the easiest way to explain virtues is that they are lived values. So as we're endeavoring to demonstrate our pillars and, and, and grow our culture with these values, how, how do we live? How do we do that? And you'll see things like faith, hope, courage are very, very practical things that show us that not only are we moving in the right direction, but we're living the way God would have us live as we do it. So we're so excited to work through these tonight. And um, Pastor Catherine and I are going to sort of tag team and work through these and explain a bit of them. Um, but before we do, I want to just read our statements for our three pillars. The first is intimacy. And it says, We intimately know God 
as his redeemed sons and daughters. And we are recognized in the world by our love for one another. You would hear Pastor Catherine say that very, very regularly. That key verse is such a call that she's had uh, for our church in her heart. So that's our first pillar. The second is identity. And the statement, our catchphrase for that is that Jesus is the truth about God and the truth about us. That's a simple statement, but it is so, so deep. That's our identity statement. And lastly, increase. Being born again is the beginning of an ever-increasing relational opportunity to know God and make Him known through the Word and the Spirit. So those are our three pillars that we're very excited to release tonight. I'm sure some of you are taking photos. I can see these comments coming through here. But now we're going to unpack our nine values. Um, and we've got, we've got them up there as a list of the nine values. And every value has a key statement that goes with it. But I'm going to hand over to Pastor Catherine. She's going to unpack the intimacy values for us tonight. All right. Well, starting with intimacy with presence. You know, we've written here, the priority in pursuit of his presence through personal and corporate worship, prayer and encounter. Anyone who's actually come to Glory City will know that we really prioritize worship. That worship isn't a warm-up for the main event. It is our opportunity to engage with God. And this this whole um, awareness of his presence is so important to us because we understand, like Moses said, unless your presence goes with us, I'm not going. We need the presence of God. You and I were created for fellowship. That is a, a being aware of the Spirit of God with us, engaging intimately with him personally, um, in prayer, personally in worship, and but you know, you'll see this core value really played out in every service that we do. Tonight, I'm, I'm aware at home the environment is not the same as it is here, but the presence of God was so thick. And I've been so enjoying it uh, when I've been watching online as well. The team have been doing an amazing job. But the reason that we do this, the reason we don't just jump into a teaching is because we believe absolutely inherently in the value of prioritizing the presence of God. So here at Glory City, we have extended worship. We normally worship for oh, around maybe 45 minutes when we have a, a live uh, service with everybody in the building. We take time to transition. If the Lord's moving, we'll just take longer and we'll do, we wanna do what He's doing. His ways, His purpose, His plan is far better than anything we can come up with. We plan, but he is the one that guides our steps. And so uh, we look to him to lead us, the teams, the worship teams, the prophetic teams. Uh, the whole service is um, prioritizing. Our heart's desire, our value is to prioritize his presence. So if the Holy Spirit's moving, we want to be making room for whatever the Holy Spirit's doing. And that it, across everything that we do. So we prioritize the presence of God. Uh, number two, life with the Holy Spirit. Developing healthy daily habits of fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit through the Scriptures and in prayer. 
Well, I, I shared on Friday night, if you didn't get to hear that message, I really would encourage you to have a listen because it, it really does explain my heart when it comes to intimacy and the importance of really prioritizing what it looks like to be in intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit uh, through the Word of God, but also through face-to-face -face communion. We want people individually encountering God, individually fellowshipping with the Lord, and then corporately fellowshipping with Him together. Hallelujah. Uh, and then connection. With God as our highest personal aim and with each other in our church, families, children, and friendships. By this shall all men know that we are his disciples, that we love one another. We are so committed to connection. I mean, Mark and Christine wrote a wonderful book on connection. But we as a church really believe that we're not to forsake the fellowshipping together. We believe the old and the young are meant to be dancing together, that the, the young ones learn from the old ones and the old ones are inspired and strengthened and encouraged by the young ones. And we really want to see a cross-generational fellowshipping of the Spirit, fellowshipping of, the, of the, the people of God in the presence of God, loving each other, supporting each other, and doing the work of the ministry. Amen. Huge. So those are our three core values for our intimacy pillar. And I bet, write in the comments, but I bet that that resonates with you when you think about Glory City Church. I know my first visit to this church, I'll never forget how confronted I was by the worship culture here. And it all comes back to this, this value of God's presence. And then watching Pastor Catherine uh, unapologetically pursue the presence of the Holy Spirit and, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so the, you can see these, these, these things that are, have already in our culture. And then we have our three identity core values. And so I'll speak into those for a moment. But the first one is righteousness. I'm sure anyone who's <laughs> been at the church, visited the church, or been here for a long time knows that this is such a key thing to us. It's not just a message that we preach. It's a lifestyle we seek to live. Uh, and we believe that it changes everything. And the key statement is, knowing who we are as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and seeing this truth impact the world around us. You know, what righteousness means is that we've actually been given God's righteousness. We've been given as a free gift when we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we've been given his very righteous nature. And it's not just so that we can uh, talk about it or, or experience even freedom from guilt and shame, but it's so that we can be compatible with him again. It's so that we can do what Hebrews tells us to do and come boldly before the throne of grace because we've been made as he is in this world. So it's such a huge thing to us. And, you know, one of the key phrases that we've built around that is that um, when it comes to understanding what happened in us when we believed is that we were sinners before we met Jesus. But the grace of God came and set us free from sin. And the Holy Spirit has made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so Jesus Christ didn't just die for us, but he actually died as us. 
And that's what happens when we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth. So that is the core value of righteousness. And you'll see that, you know, in, our, in the academy space. That's, it's a whole unit. It's a whole thing that we don't move on from. We're, we're raising up these righteous radicals. And you, you'll hear us talking about it so often because it really is, it's a foundation for us as a core value. The next one is the goodness of God. You know, this is such a powerful, powerful value that we would know that God is good. You know, 1 John 1 verse 5, and you'll see as, as these pictures come out, there's actually verses attached to each of these values. But 1 John 1 verse 5 says that this is the message that he declared to us, talking about Jesus, and now we declare to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. That's the Apostle John summarizing what he believed a fundamental message Jesus was bringing was. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And so we believe that when Jesus came, he didn't just come to fulfill the law on our behalf. He didn't just come to set us free from sin on the cross. Although these are huge, life-changing things. He came to show us who the Father is. He came to not just reveal um, freedom, but he came to reveal the Father and the Holy Spirit. So one of our, our key statements is that if it doesn't look like the Son, we don't call it the Father. We believe that the Son is the truth about the Father. Remember the key phrase, Jesus is the truth about God and the truth about us. So the goodness of God is not a peripheral doctrine for us. It's so important. It's why we believe that he wants to heal the sick. It's why we believe that he wants to encounter people's lives and set people's free. It's because Jesus revealed that he is good and he's so good that he wants to do that for us today. So that's our second one. And the third one for identity is signs, wonders, and miracles. Again, something that is so, so clearly a part of our culture here. Every week, every week, we seek to make space to pursue signs, wonders, and miracles, the gifts of the Spirit. And our key statement there is, we prioritize growing in demonstrating the kingdom and God's love through the gifts of the Spirit, divine healing, and a miraculous revival culture. You know, one of the key verses for this is from John 14, verse 12. And I actually have it in my Bible, but I'll quote it. It's, it's when Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say unto you that whoever believes in me, the same works I have done, they will do, and greater, because I go to the Father. And there's this, this unavoidable, huge invitation there for us to pursue to practice and demonstrate signs, wonders, and miracles. And so we believe it's, it's not a, an optional value. It's a mandate that God has given the church. And, and you know that Pastor Catherine carries a message of divine healing. That's not, it's, it's for the nations. And so that's a huge value of ours. And uh, we've, we'd even say that we're, in order to fully preach the gospel, looks like demonstrating the power of God to heal and to set people free. So that's our three identity core values. And now we have our increase Amen. values. It's so good, Mark. And uh, particularly when it comes to signs, wonders, and miracles, we really believe 
that we're not called to preach the gospel with persuasive words of men's wisdom, but with demonstrations of the Spirit's power, that God had a plan when He said, when you go into a city, heal the sick there. When He said, these signs will follow those who believe, He meant it. And so we're really committed to that as a value, to um, intentionally pursuing uh, the greater gifts, especially we may prophesy, pursuing the healings, the miracles, uh, because we wanna see the fullness of God's nature manifested in the fullness of what he designed his body to look like, and which is to look like him, hallelujah. So it's not an added extra for a few people with particular gifts. And that brings us to this equipping the saints, section here in increase. We want to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. We seek to equip the saints to impact every sphere of society with the light of Christ by raising up and releasing the fivefold graces to help form healthy saints, healthy marriages, and healthy families. Uh, this is taken from Ephesians 4, 11 to 16, where it's talking here about different fivefold ministries. Uh, He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we're no longer to be children tossed about here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Another reason we have the academy, that's another reason we prioritize our memory verses. We really want the Word of God to be solid in our lives. By the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies. And you're supplying with your prayers, with your encouragements. That's why we're doing this. This is why we're encouraging you to be engaging. Every joint supplies. Your peace matters. Hallelujah. According to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. We've been very determined from the beginning to encourage everybody that's part of Glory City uh, to realize that we are a family and we are an army. And that means there's no spectators. This isn't a spectator church where we uh, feed you and you go home. It is, we are intentionally wanting to equip you uh, to do the work of the ministry, especially to the household of, of Uh, God here in the church, within the church, but then also in every sphere of society. It should be normal, and it is normal, for our people to be uh, praying for the sick. I love our doctors and nurses who intentionally uh, pray for the sick. We love people out on the streets, in their their workplaces, offering to pray for the sick. prophesying, praying. So apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers, they are all given to equip the saints to do all those things. And so we believe everyone can prophesy, which is why we run our prophetic school. We want people properly trained and equipped to be able to prophesy. We don't want wonky stuff happening, but we want people to have uh, 
safe places where they can grow in the giftings. And so that's why we have our communion groups too, where people can exercise the gifts. We want people equipped to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. We want, we want to develop a culture where it's not just the experts or the uh, full-time vocational ministers doing the work, but that, that we are equipping you to cast out demons, to raise the dead, to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. And, uh, and that's not a, a place or a thing that you earn. It's something that we encourage you to do because as he is, so are you in this world. Hallelujah. It's not a ladder you climb and now I'm allowed to pray for the sick. You can pray for the sick the moment you get saved. But our job each week is to encourage you, to equip you, to help you, to train you to live like Jesus. So that's what we're doing there in equipping the saints. We're very committed to recognizing the fivefold ministers within the church. We, we intentionally call it out and name them as such, not because we're into titles, but we know that when you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. We identify fivefold teachers so that when you receiving from them, you open your heart to be equipped to, uh, to be taught. When you're receiving from apostles and pastors and evangelists, we intentionally identify them all the way through our church and our network intentionally to um, allow those fivefold giftings to really equip and train the church and, and the ministers and, and each of us. You know, I, I love your teaching gift, which I think is astonishing. Mark has a five-fold teaching gift. And I submit to that gift in that I love the Word of God. I love theology. I love it. But I love then to dialogue theology with Mark because I'll draw on that gifting. And likewise, um, Nathaniel, for example, is a five-fold evangelist, but we don't leave him to do all the work. We, we intentionally empower him to run things like silence breakers to equip you. So that's why we do what we do. Hallelujah. Um, uh, the apostolic and prophetic culture, number eight. We seek and grow in hearing, to grow in hearing his voice, releasing his words, and cultivating an apostolic culture which empowers, releases, and outworks his purposes. This is something we've done really intentionally. Um, I've tried to help people understand from day one that I am not, a, you know, perhaps a stereotypical local church pastor. Um, I'm not able to uh, have coffee with everybody every week. I, it's just not something I can do. But I can recognize as much as I love you all and pray for you all and want to get around and touch you when you're here. Oh God, let it come back that we can greet each other. Hallelujah properly. But um, I'm intentional in re uh, recognizing my call uh, as an apostle in the house and to the nations to be intentional, to be raising up the leaders, equipping the people, uh, and the prophetic culture. We've been really intentional to, to raise up not only locally, but uh, nationally and globally, 
uh, prophetic voices. And it's so beautiful to be able to send incredible prophets from the house, like Nathan Christie, we've just sent out recently, and, and amazing prophets uh, that I'm so proud of our prophets and what they're doing, Sarah and Rebecca and others, Pastor James. We are really, really, really blessed with amazing fivefold prophets. But that's, I believe, part of the call on this house as a global apostolic sending center, a global apostolic house that's raising people up into their giftings and are many others emerging prophets that I'm just so proud of. But I'm also so excited that the saints, you know, you can prophesy with, with greater accuracy than someone that's called to be a fivefold prophet. Uh, and that doesn't mean that you're, you have to be in the office of prophet, but you can be an amazing saint who stunningly operates in a gift of prophecy, words of knowledge, healing, revelation, teaching, all the, all the incredible gifts of the Spirit. And that's part of our heart as an apostolic house to equip you to do that. Evangelism and discipleship. Well, it says it's number nine, but it is absolutely one of our primary uh, purposes. It's why we do TV. It's because we want the fish to jump in the boat. We want, above all, for people to be re uh, reconciled to God. Eternity is real, heaven is real, hell is real, and we want everybody that we can get the word to, to hear the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. We are absolutely committed to, um, to people receiving Christ as Savior and Lord. We want all of our people equipped to share the gospel, to see people get saved. It's why we do courses like Silence Breakers. It's why we intentionally uh, celebrate and champion people, celebrate uh, sharing the gospel and um, bringing in the harvest. It's why every week, every service, pretty much with, without, um, without apology, from the day we started, I've been giving an altar call at every service. Some services in the beginning, I knew everybody in the building uh, was saved, but I would give it anyway, knowing and believing God had called us to win the lost. And I remember one morning, uh, one afternoon, I was giving the altar call. I knew every, I think there were 60 people. I knew everybody there. And I still gave the altar call for salvation and my little 12-year-old son, Joseph, at the back, put his hand up and gave his heart to Jesus, which was so beautiful. But I, you know, I really believe that we need to keep the main thing the main thing. And that is seeing people be saved for eternity, raised up to become fruitful and powerful saints. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness. Wow, I can see the comments coming through that you guys are loving this, that it's resonating with you. Keep, keep do sharing those, reflecting on these. But that was so powerful hearing you unpack that, Pastor Catherine. And, you know, talking about being an apostolic and prophetic culture and that there is an apostolic grace on Pastor Catherine as our leader. But then also there's this mandate and assignment to evangelize through media. Um, that's a distinct call that's on our house. And I love that these, these help make sense of that and why it's, a, it's an assignment for our house. It helps us understand and go deeper in a personal value for why that's so important to our community. And the key phrase for evangelism and discipleship being healthy families raise healthy children. 
I love that. We seek to reach the lost and disciple them in a healthy family culture through outreach, missions, and media. You know, that's why we have all this incredible media team here and, and this, this Daystar ministry that we've been so blessed to be able to build. And so it's so great to be able to see these, again, these signposts that we're on the right track. We're, we're living out our distinct assignment. And now we can do that with even more clarity. So just to show you guys one more time, all of those together. There's that slide there. These are our, our values that define our culture. Now, really quickly, we just want to show you guys our virtues, these, these lived values here as well. What we're going to do is I'm going to just talk through each one and give our key sentence, but then we're just going to have a little conversation about a couple of them. And then we've actually, we're actually going to launch a, an activity for our whole church tonight, so a weekly activity that we're going to go through these virtues one by one each week and actually nominate someone from the church who exemplifies these virtues. And so you can even, even tonight, we're going to start doing that for next week. So you can do it if you're watching live or you can message us through. But I'll tell you a bit more about that in a moment. So here are our virtues, how we live out our values. And these are, we're going to work, work through them one by one there. And again, do check out the website. Esther's done an amazing job listing all of these there and, and unpacking them there as well. Our first one is faith. We continually grow and step out in the confident belief that God will do what he says he will do. Love that. The second is hope. We have courageous expectations for what God will do through our community and families, in our neighborhood, and in the nations. The third is love. We seek to live immersed in God's love and be known in the world for the love we have for one another. And the compassion of Christ moves us to manifest Him. And then we have joy. We are fun to be around, and we celebrate our salvation with passion and delight. You'll have heard Pastor Catherine say that one often. <laughs> then we have holiness, such a, such a powerful virtue and such an amazing therefore of righteousness. And the catchphrase there is that we seek to live in freedom from sin by faith, putting our inherited holiness into practice. It's a huge virtue. Then we have generosity. God demonstrated his love through giving, and so do we as his children, in our time, our love, and our resources. And then there's honor. We are children of God, and we treat each other with honor, respect, and integrity. Then we have servant-heartedness. Jesus demonstrated that as new creations, it is in our nature to passionately and selflessly serve others. Then there's authenticity. We are open-hearted, honest, and vulnerable, motivated by our desire to build healthy relationships and a healthy community. Then there's excellence. In all that we do, we believe that God is worthy of our greatest, so we seek to bring our whole hearts and integrity 
in representing him well. Wow. Then we have humility. Oh, this one's huge. We believe there is always more to learn and grow in and more of God to experience. So we never outgrow our pursuit of knowing him. And our last one is perseverance. We don't change the subject from the things God has spoken, staying firm in our faith, the things he has called us to, and in our walk with God. Wow, so those are our 12 virtues, how we live out our values. So wonderful. Mark and I had lots of discussion about this. I could probably have gone on to about 50 virtues, but Mark likes nice, neat numbers, so we had to keep it down to 12, but there are many, many more virtues that we absolutely do embrace and really want to see manifested in our lives, in your lives, and in our, our hearts as a culture. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Lots of good stuff here. But yeah, let's just talk through some of this, Mark. This is, I hope this is helpful for you. This is something that is so important for us. We really want to make sure, and this is a great way for us as a plumb line to make sure we're staying true to our pillars, values, and virtues so that we're moving ahead knowing where we're going and what God's called us to do. Amen. 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 And as we were uh, praying and as, as you were building language for these, Pastor Catherine, I know that all of these have equal importance to you, but I, I do remember humility when we began to t uh, speak about that. You really just opened up this um, process of why it's so important to you that we, we stay learning and we stay engaged and that there's always more. Um, think, can you tell I me a bit about is... that? I think it's so important for us because, um, you know, I, we talk even about our um, doctrines and the things that we believe, and we've got essential doctrines, we've got things that we are still, you know, holding lightly and learning, and I think it's so important that when it comes to non-essential doctrines and, and that we, we don't just back what we think we know like a football team, I believe it because I believe it, um, we, you know, we, we want to remain humble and teachable, but then there are core essential doctrines that are immovable, that are absolutely strong, and perhaps another day we'll be able to talk into some of those. But that willingness to be flexible and humble and learn, and to learn from one another, and to be able to submit to one another's giftings, to be able to listen, to hear. We so appreciate uh, hearing from you, and, and to maintain that posture of humility that doesn't need to be seen, doesn't need to be heard, but also has a holy confidence knowing that we, we all um, have Christ within us and we all have a part to, to play and a, a piece to give. Wow, I love that. That's huge. That's huge. And I know another one is um, perseverance. That's been um, such a big one. And I know for you in your life and as you've sought to pursue what God's put on your heart as an assignment for our church and for your ministry as well and for the network. Uh, I know often you, you make the statement that if you don't quit, you win. Yeah. I've always loved that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, think, um, I think I first probably heard Heidi Baker say something like that and it really resonated with me. And, you know, we've been doing Friday night meetings, I think probably 15, 18 years now because we felt God wanted us to do it and we wanted to be a, a well for the city. 
and we wanted to have healing and, and um, revival meetings. And, you know, that doesn't mean we'll do them forever, but we've been, we've persevered with that intentionally. Some nights in the middle of winter when it's really cold and, um, you know, and people have thought, well, why do we keep doing this? Well, because we want to have a place where people can come and be healed. We want to have a place where people can be safe. We want to have a place where we, we don't have time restrictions because of kids and Sunday school where we can really pursue the glory. We want to see His glory manifested. And because of that intention and that virtue of perseverance and also sticking with our, our values of the presence of God, the glory of God, really uh, signs and wonders and miracles. We, we're not interested in just having little packaged services that don't have time to minister to people. That's why I love Fridays where we can have altar calls and, and people have room to seek the Lord because my life has been changed on altars as I've in, been in corporate settings. And uh, so this is all of these, they may seem like um, you know, a, lot of, a lot of words, but these are really intentional in guiding the practice of what we do as church. Wow. Oh, that's fascinating. And even listening to you talk, I feel like you touched on so many because it's, it's a thing of perseverance, but it's also excellence. It's honor. It's honoring what God asked you and Tom to do, uh, as well as hope, the yeah. expectation yeah. that's always sat there. And I know Christine and I have been fascinated and inspired by your persistence in honoring the call of God that he's put on our house. And it's, it's, really, um, it's really impacted us in a powerful way. Um, so, yeah, these are our virtues. And, you know, as Pastor Catherine said, they, they might look like words on a page. Uh, I, I'm sure and I am seeing comments that you've, you can see these things in her heart and in the culture here, these pillars, these values and these virtues. Um, but at the end of the day, if we as a family and as a movement would grab hold of these, if we would grab them and say, Lord, would you impress these upon me. I, I, wanna, I want these in my heart. I want um, these to become that intuitive uh, way that I live and way that I think and way that I prioritize as I live out my Christian faith as a part of this family. Um, God's going to do an amazing thing with this. I really well, believe I it. I mean, I think even looking through it, there's all of these, we've been really intentional. And Mark, you've done such an amazing job in, in really um, helping us get this language together. But there's one here, um, excellence, that sometimes people balk at. They go, oh, I'm nervous. I, I don't want to be in a church, but, you know, just is all about excellence. But I, we intentionally included that because we do desire to give our best to the Lord. We want to do the best that we know that we, uh, to do. We want to do all that we can to, to give Him honor and to do things well. It's a very biblical principle. But it doesn't exclude, for example, um, Aaron has just done such an astonishing job with the worship team and they've just bought some new software. Thank you for all your consistent giving. They've bought some new software to be able to improve the online experience with worship. They like to do it as best as they can. They work really hard. They pray so um, sincerely about the song lists and they, they, um, they're very particular about who they have involved in the worship team because they really want to do the very best that they can. So because of this virtue of excellence, we don't just let anybody jump up and play the kazoo because we want to make them feel good about themselves. 
though we want you to feel good about yourselves, we want to be able to present a worship um, that is the best that we can offer. And so just as I don't let just anybody preach, I, I, we get the people up that are called to do that. But at the same time, if I jump up on the platform and the presence of God is, is moving in, in a powerful way and I feel to go a bit further and um, I, I just come up with a song as I often do, wanna go this way, let's just sing this, whether they've rehearsed it or not rehearsed it, because we prioritize the presence, um, excellence doesn't limit us in, we don't care if it doesn't sound great. If the Holy Spirit's saying that, we're gonna go that direction. So just to bring some clarity yeah, around. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, I love that. And at, on just using Aaron as an example, I love that, because that's, that's in line with what we're gonna launch tonight um, as, we, as we move shortly into that ministry time. And I'm seeing, bring on the kazoo. <laughs> No. Jane I'm Richardson, the kazoo equals out. the secret place. <laughs> Jane Richardson, I'm, oh, that's resonating. I played the kazoo when I was young. I did, <laughs> it's a fun little thing. But <laughs> uh, and just, please don't bring it to the service. Don't Aaron bring your kazoos. Do that. <laughs> Megan Williamson, I agree. She said, I think the worship team personify our commitment to excellence. Yes, I so agree. So agree with that. Um, so yeah, I just love that. I've been trying to get on the worship team for months now, and Aaron, <laughs> he's, he's he's making it hard for me. No, that's a joke. <laughs> awesome. Hey, well, we want to launch an activity for our whole church tonight around these virtues. Look, these pillars, these values, these virtues, you'll hear us talk about these, reference these. But it, in the same way Pastor Catherine's just pointed Aaron out, as an example of one of those virtues. We wanna do that as a church in the coming weeks. So for the next 12 weeks, we're gonna use one virtue each week and ask you guys as our church, and our leaders can do this too, but we're gonna nominate a person that we feel has been an amazing example of one of these virtues. So for the coming week, it's gonna be the virtue of faith, our first virtue there. You can start now if you want. You can put a comment in there. You can put the person's name and why you think they exemplify that virtue oh, of faith. I can think of so many people in our church that really exemplify oh, yeah. the virtue of faith. I think of Trevor Watkins. I mean, you should spend some time with Trevor and Meredith, hear their story about uh, emigrating from South Africa, what they've done with business and just their life of faith. Faith walked out. Think of James Graham and his incredible uh, testimony. I sat with him um, as he was going through cancer and just to see his unwavering faith in the promise of God is astonishing to me. Alison and Rob Murgard, amazing people of faith. You please jump on and nominate some of the people that you think in our community exemplify yeah. faith. Yeah, please do. And we're going to go week by week with these virtues and nominate someone. And obviously there'll be many people, but then we're just going to choose someone and just celebrate them. Again, because of our virtue of honour and our, our love for connection, we want to do this. Just pick someone that we can all celebrate for exemplifying that virtue. So, Pastor Dylan, we've been talking about, um, we're going to capture it. Oh, I see people, Matt Dubry's nominating Deb Cook here. Carsten oh, saying, Murgards, woohoo. I agree. My goodness, you guys exemplify faith. And so, yeah, Pastor Dylan and the team, they're going to be capturing this. We're going to announce each week in our video announcements who's the exemplified virtue for that week. Uh, and it's going to be amazing. And then we'll be able to speak speak into that. And just 
it's such a blessing to be able to celebrate someone whilst remembering all of our virtues as we go. So, nominate someone for faith this week. You can do it right now. We're going to take some names down. But also, you can message the Glory City Church Facebook page. And we're going to check that. We're going to get a list. And then we're going to take one of those people and just celebrate them um, as a whole church. So please do be doing that. It's going to be amazing. Amen. Well, look, we, we've gone a little over time tonight and we do really want to encourage you to jump into our Zoom groups. So I apologize tonight. We probably won't prophesy uh, here, but in our Zoom groups, uh, I know that they will be prophesying over people. So if you would like to just um, join one of those groups, Dylan will sort you out into different groups right now and you'll be able to, to get, come together to take communion together. Um, it doesn't matter if you don't have your communion ready, that's okay. You can pray for each other. You can prophesy. You can support each other and um, really start to step into these beautiful um, virtues that we have laid out. We've got some wonderful things planned uh, as we're starting to getting ready to uh, roll out home groups on a bigger, yeah. uh, bigger scale. We've got all sorts of, in, in, uh, I think, really exciting ideas. I was speaking yesterday uh, with Kelly, who was um, Katie's bridesmaid yesterday, and she she was coming up with an idea we should have, as soon as we're allowed to not be socially distancing, have a singles ball, which I think will be so fun. It'll be so fun. Seriously, that's going to be good. And um, Mark, you're not allowed to come. You're married. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I'm allowed to come because it's going to be fun. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, maybe Mark and Christine can come too. We'll, we'll just be like, we'll give you some old married advice. <laughs> but uh, we thought that'd be really fun, a singles, a singles ball. But there's all sorts of things that we've got um, in our hearts to do as a community. We want you to know that you are deeply loved. And I pray a blessing over you right now. Please join with us this week in uh, remembering your memory, memory verse. Uh, Thursday morning, 10 a.m., we're going to do a, a live talking with Jessica Renala, my eldest. We're going to do some... Uh, talk about mental health and what, what it, how you're coping. And then on Friday night, Mark's going to be doing part two of the covenants and a real practical application of what that means for us and how we interpret things. It's really, really valuable. Um, and then Sunday, I'm going to be sharing with you, God willing, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person watching. God, if they need healing in their body, Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, we send forth the word of healing. We ask, Lord, that you'd touch them and that you'd heal them. Yes. Father, I ask, Lord, if anyone's watching that doesn't know Jesus, God, we ask right now, Lord, that you would move on their hearts to recognize that they need you. you know, the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that the wages of sin is death. Believing in God alone is not enough for salvation. The Bible actually says that the devil believes in God. It's not about believing in his existence. It's actually believing that he is the son of God, that he died for your sins and humbling yourself and saying, Lord, I need mercy. I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. 
If you pray that and you believe it sincerely in your heart, Jesus will come in. He will make you a new creation. He'll give you a clean heart and He will save you for eternity. You'll begin to walk with Him as your Lord and as your Saviour. So I encourage you today to, to repent of your sins. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. Have mercy on me. I need grace. I need forgiveness. Receive His grace. Receive Him as Lord and Saviour today that you might begin to walk the glorious walk of knowing Christ as your Saviour and Lord, both now and forever. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and forever. Amen. We love you and we'll see you next week. Jump into a Zoom group now. It's going to be a beautiful time. We love you. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.